just two-part study, a really quick overview of the Holy Spirit, uh, really just touching down on a number of things. Uh, a few things to clear up. Number one, uh, a number of you were disturbed because I was referring to the person on the AV last night as sweetheart. <clears throat> and I know that might have seemed weird, but it was my daughter who was operating the, the AV last week, so that's just what happened, and that's what I ended up calling her. What I do have to watch is that it is not my daughter this week who is running the AV, <laughs> and I don't think Sarah would appreciate me referring to her as sweetheart, and her husband beside her probably won't either. <laughs> so we'll try, and, we'll try and watch that. It's great to have Paul and family back. Uh, we're grateful that you're back, but probably more because now the jealousy can subside uh, the Facebook pictures didn't help. Thank you very much. No, we're glad to have you back, and uh, it's great to uh, have you here. And I was reminded this morning, uh, Paul and Wendy actually came and visited Lakeside way back in the spring before any of us knew them, before we even knew they were interested in coming or any of that sort of thing. And uh, I happened to be speaking at that time, so uh, this is their second time to, uh, to hear me. So that's interesting. Uh, and uh, so we'll move forward in that. Uh, we're we're going to do a quick review. Let me just pray, and then we'll 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 jump into that. We'll review last week, and then get on with uh, what we have this week. And we got a lot to cover, so we want to do that. Father, we are grateful for uh, your Holy Spirit. We're grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. The we, we understand that that you are a triune God, and and that's confusing at the same time, but amazing to us, and we're grateful for that. And as we try and understand a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit and uh, today the results of that work in the life of a believer, we pray that you would just uh, just help us to, to understand that, illuminate some of that to us. And uh, we just thank you uh, for the opportunity to, uh, to be together and to look into your word. So pray your blessings and that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to try and do last week in, in a very short period of time. So last week we, we introduced you that we were going to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and the work of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works in the life of a believer. And uh, so there's a number of things we covered up. Number one, we had to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, so that was one thing when we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit was omniscient and all-powerful and omnipresent, which is everywhere, and we had some references to that. I also mentioned the fact, too, that that the Holy Spirit is considered equal in that Godhead. Uh, it's not, not that, you know, God, Jesus, and all in the Holy Spirit, oh yeah, don't, don't forget about Him, you know. He's part of that, and they're equal in that. And uh, so that was an important distinction, and we talked about that. We also talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. It seems odd to talk about that, but that was important because we recognize as a person that He's intelligent, uh, He has emotions, uh, and has a will. And, and what makes that important to you and me is that we can relate, have a relationship or relate with or interact with the Holy Spirit uh, because they're a person and persons can, can relate. So that was important. Then we talked about indwelling and filling. And I'm going to see if I can get my, I got a, you see that? I got a new piece. So those of you who weren't here last week, as I was bringing this here, it fell and this lens or the glass part just shattered, and so I was running this without a glass, which was maybe a little dangerous, but I'm going to see if I can light my, my torch here. Oh, got to get some. There we go. Okay. So we talked about indwelling. My mantles are getting worn here. And that's it. When we come to that point in our life where we accept the Lord Jesus Christ and, and we make that decision to follow God and say, okay, it's not me, it's God, and I'm going to live for God and follow and and those things, uh, that the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. And uh, this, this is an illustration. It's not perfect, so bear with me. But there's this idea that the Holy Spirit, that part of God, comes and lives within us. And that's represented by that, that glow that's there. And then we talked about the filling. So we read in Scripture that the Holy Spirit fills and, and talks about the filling the life of a believer in the Holy Spirit. And that's a little bit like turning our, our lamp up here and really seeing the, the work and the filling of the Holy Spirit and how that casts out from us, in this case, the lantern, a lot of light. It's almost hard to look at. It's so bright, and it casts that light out. 
and uh, in the same way that it does things in our life. We talked about sanctification, we talked about uh, the fruit, uh, and we talked about uh, our spiritual experience and service that we render uh, in, the, in the name of the Lord, and that's done through the Spirit filling us and then casting out. The, uh, the lamp in and of itself is just a piece of glass and some metal. Is that making that noise? It is, sorry. And, okay, I've never heard that before. That was cool. I'll probably not be able to re- replicate that. Um, but it's the light. It's, it's the light. It's the fuel it's the, that, that radiates and turns this piece of metal and glass into something that's just amazing. And um, we talked about the fact that regardless of where you're at in the filling, and I did use a word last week, and I, someone mentioned it to me. I said unfilling. That's not a word, and it's not proper. Uh, it would be a lack of filling or, I don't know, emptying, I guess. But one thing we did want to make clear is that that is really weird, that sound, is that the, the Holy Spirit will always indwell a true believer. Regardless of where we're at on that filling piece, the indwelling and the filling are very different, Okay. Uh, and then we talked about um, holiness uh, for a minute because uh, there's some references in Scripture that talk about the fact that we're holy and as the Holy Spirit comes in, we're made holy. And we talked about holiness in terms of position. So we are considered holy. That's the position. But then there's our state. Okay, and our state is different. You know, I am not holy. I, I sin. I make mistakes. I am a work in progress but I am considered holy. So my position before God as He sees me through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am considered holy. But while I'm here and while I'm living and I'm amongst you, I am not. And I have to recognize that and work on that. So we have the difference between justification, just as if I'd never sinned, and sanctification, which is the idea of working and developing in that area of righteousness and holiness. Okay, so we talked about those two different things, and, th- and that was important. Um, uh, we also uh, talked about, um, and it's maybe uh, the next thing, which is uh, quenching and grieving. And uh, so we talked about the fact that uh, as, as we're being filled with the Spirit, and that is variable, um, and there's something that that depends on, I'm going to get to that in a minute, that there's this issue that goes on, and the Bible talks about quenching and grieving. And we, we used in this illustration the idea of quenching as if I had some water in here and I were to pour water on my lant, it, lantern, it would seep its way in there and really quench the fire, quench that light that's coming on. And, and that was this idea of just saying no, right? Just, I, no, I, I don't want to abide by the truth of the Word of God. I don't want to abide by the you know, what the Spirit is maybe leading me to or teaching me from God's Word and those kind of things. I'm just saying no, no. And as I do that, the indwelling continues, but the filling just isn't there. And, and the, the Spirit reacts to that as I quench that. And then we talked about grieving. So, again, we're on fire. And, again, sorry for the illustration, but these are going to represent sin. And as sin is allowed to come and and build up in our life. Hopefully I won't catch these on fire. Let me back this up a little bit, because that would be the wrong illustration. Um, it starts to block out the light, and you folks, depending on where you're sitting, if I can't see that anymore. And as we allow sin in our life, again, the Holy Spirit will react to that and will regress. Again, always indwelling, always, in, always there, always wanting us to respond, always wanting us. But sin and, you know, saying no will reduce the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So we talked and learned a little bit about that. And if you want all the details and there's, you can get the tape or the, pardon me, tape, we don't do tapes anymore, CDs. And... Um, <laughs> I also have some notes. If you want my notes from last week, I'm happy to get those to you. Just let me know. Uh, and there was there. Now, uh, the other thing is that we talked a little bit about a, a dilemma uh, with all this that, that brought us to this point because 
the Spirit's indwelling me, and it's there, and, and we know the Holy Spirit wants to fill me, and that there's all kinds of great results with that. We're going to talk about those today. But why is it that, you know, I struggle with this sin and I have a tendency to want to do that? Uh, what, what is, what's going on? What's, what's the issue? And so I gave you this little illustration that there, the way it's supposed to work is that there's us, right? And then there's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working through us, filling us, right? And then there's some results. And uh, those things are fruit, righteousness, gifts. And we'll talk about what, in more detail, what those things are. But at times it seems like, you know, eh, the filling isn't happening. And therefore then the results of those things are also, oh, not quite, not also occurring. And how, the dilemma is, how does this, what's my role? How does this work? Because we know the Holy Spirit, God, all-powerful. Like, why doesn't the Holy Spirit just make us or work through us or, just do all these amazing things and everything's great. What, like, because I look at myself and I evaluate, and you look at yourself and you might reflect and evaluate and say, mm, you know, fruit, righteousness. Why is that not, you know, why don't we have this like 24-7, everybody everywhere, everybody who's a believer? Ravi Zacharias once made a comment. This is one of the greatest issues to people coming to Christianity are the very people who claim to be Christians and they don't have this. And that's a challenge because why do so many of us and so many times we are just that? And that's, that's not what God's calling us to. That's not, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, it's not enough to just, yay, God, I'm with you. And, and then we just... Holy Spirit comes, but we never see this happening. And we talked a little bit about that. And in the end, through all the complexity of everything, there was a simple answer. Now, just because it was a simple answer didn't mean it was simple to do. But that was yield. And that's what I had over here was my, my yield sign, you see, that I borrowed from the roads department <laughs> with permission. But if you came to any one-lane one bridges and there was no yield sign, that might be my fault. Uh, but I did, I did get permission. So this whole idea that we were to yield, that's our role. And, and what we get confused with is we go, okay, I'm going to try and be better. I'm going to try and be more righteous. I'm going to try and serve harder. I'm going to try and do all these things. And what we're missing or what we recognize, and we, it doesn't work, and it, you know, we make mistakes, whatever that happens, is that we have to yield completely, continually. There's that initial, last week we talked about that initial yielding where we say, okay, Lord, I'm giving it all over to you. I'm going to live for you. We call that that point or moment of salvation, uh, that commitment uh, because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And we make that commitment, and that's sort of that initial yielding. But then we are to spend the rest of our life as a believer working and yielding and working with the Holy Spirit to see that initial yielding manifest in fruit and righteousness and what God has intended for us. And that's important. So that's sort of where we got to uh, last week. And uh, hopefully that makes sense. And some of you think, boy, why couldn't you do that in last week in five minutes? We all could have gone home early. But um, there was a lot of scripture and a lot of verses to support all that. And again, if you want that information, you can let me know. So that's a little bit of a quick quick review, and um, I'm just going to turn that off. Not that the Holy Spirit ever shuts off, so don't, but for this purpose, I'm going to shut that off. You'll have to excuse me as I'm nursing a bit of a cold today, and uh, so let's, let's move forward with today. One of the things I neglected to mention yesterday, uh, pardon me, last Sunday is the fact I wanted to make a note about spiritual maturity, and one of the things that's very important for us to recognize is that spiritual maturity is not, is not based on the amount of time between when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and where I am now. And there are, there are many people I talk to who in their adult lives, oh yeah, so when, you know, when did that happen? Oh, when I was a kid or you know, when I was a teenager or whatever. And it's like, wow, so you've, you know, you've known the Lord yeah, for 
20 years, you know, and 20 years, that's, that's a long time. It is not necessarily that that tells us whether you are a mature believer, spiritually mature. It is the duration of time, the tenure, the duration of time in which there has been continual and ongoing yieldedness to God in our lives, and then therefore the Holy Spirit can come and fill and work and so on, and that and the results of that are what we see and what we determine as spiritual maturity. That's why. That's why you can have someone who's in their 20s who maybe has known the Lord for five or six or seven years, and they're just, we use the term, on fire. You know, that's where this comes from, this idea. And the Lord is, and the Holy Spirit's working through them. And you can have someone who is in their 50s, and it's just, there's just a little glow there. There's no big fire, you know, who's known the Lord for 20 years. And it all comes down to yieldedness, which I'm not sure is a word either that I made up last week, but it all comes down to yieldedness. And are we completely yielded every area, every asset, every facet of our life? And if you take a moment, as I've taken some time, as this has convicted me, as I've been studying this, to look at my life and to look at those areas where I struggle where I keep doing this, you know, whatever that might be, or I do this and say no, and I look and I start to pull back a little bit, I go, you know, there's some areas of my life, you know, generally speaking, I'm yielded, right? But there might be a few areas or a few pockets where not quite. And for this to work, it's complete. It's not kind of like, well, today, but not tomorrow. When I'm at work, but, you know, or when I'm at home, but not when I'm at work, or when I'm with this group of people, but not with this group of people. That's not how it works. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. It's an all or nothing thing. And um, so that's, that's the big message. You, being completely and continually yielded to God, not easy, uh, but that's, that's the simplicity of this as we move forward, okay? So now we've got to roll. Our sermon in a sentence today uh, is that as a believer yields to God, the Holy Spirit's work will prevail in our lives and bring about sanctification, spiritual experience, and service as intended by God. And I'm going to break those three things into seven. Uh, so there's seven things we're going to try and get through uh, with the remaining time that we have. And uh, so let's, let's do that. Uh, the first one is progressive sanctification. We have talked a lot about sanctification, this whole process of working towards becoming righteous and being righteous. And uh, this whole idea uh, is mentioned several times in Scripture. Uh, there are some verses up there you're willing to turn, but there's a lot of Scripture. So um, you can do that or you can just follow along. And as I say, if you would like the notes later, I can provide those for you. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And this is from God, reconciled himself to the Lord Jesus Christ. This idea is that there is a change in one's character. And this change is a result of being controlled by the Spirit. So again, it's very important. It's not me trying harder, okay, to be nicer or all these things. It's me yielding and allowing the Holy Spirit to be filling and working those, uh, those acts of righteousness. We don't do this in our own strength. And uh, we are considered holy, positional, but our state needs work. And our idea is to bring our state to our position. Okay, so that's what, and the Holy Spirit does that work in and through us as we yield. Now the world, Satan and our flesh, all desire us to yield to our sin nature. And this is, the, this is the tough part, right? Because Satan wants to distract us, wants us to not yield to God, wants us to yield to anything else, basically. Uh, the world wants us to, you know, yield to, you know, me uh, or its frame of reference, its worldview. And, and then there's our own flesh, those things that we know we struggle with, those things that are our challenges. And we all have different things that are our Keely's heel, so to speak, and again, that flesh is there, and we have to not yield to it, but yield to God. 
and then this righteousness can be manifest. And uh, that's what takes us to Galatians, a very familiar passage that you've probably read many times. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As the Holy Spirit fills, these are the things that will be manifest in us. These are the Christ-like characteristics that will come and live and be a part of who we are as we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is this idea of becoming more righteous, becoming more like Christ. You may have heard that term, more like Jesus. And um, these things define our inward and our outward character towards God and others. Love, joy, peace, patience, kind of, and you go, so even right there, if we were to stop right now and just take a little review or evaluation, I'm thinking love, joy, peace, patience. Ooh, patience this week. Didn't do so hot on that one a couple of times. And you, and you start going through those things and you realize, okay, if that's not you know, flowing through me, I'm back to here. Is, is there some area, is there some way I'm not, I'm not yielded? And uh, it's important, again, I'm going to mention this many times so you get it, if you don't get too much else, but you get it. It is the work of the Holy Spirit doing this through us, not me. Right? The harder you try, the more you're going to fail. And some of you have got that. It's like, oh, I try and I uh, fail, you know, that kind of thing. It's We yield, and he, he does the work through us. And it's in that way. Uh, let's move to the second, uh, second thing we want to look at in terms of a result is teaching work. The teaching work that comes. Sorry, this is very tiny. I got a few pages here. Okay. Uh, we're going to look at John uh, 16 for this one. <coughs> Excuse me. 12 to 15. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Uh, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you uh, what, it is, what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Uh, basically, Jesus is speaking here in this particular instance, and he's talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to take what's, what's mine, what I understand, what I know to be true, and he's going to make it known and understood to you, okay? And so this is important, and as you can imagine, and as you know, when you start looking in the scriptures and we are trying to understand and so on, this whole idea is that as the Holy Spirit is filling and working in the life of a believer, the Holy Spirit can allow and will allow us to understand God's, God's Word. And this started right at the beginning of the early church with the apostles. And uh, the Holy Spirit came and kind of illuminated and made known sort of the mysteries of God and the things that they didn't understand. And they had been so entrenched in this, uh, this religion and these traditions and these things that they did. And there was this new way, and it was odd and different and weird and this whole idea that they were expecting a, a conquering king, but he came as a baby and then died was just this really backwards, weird, strange. And so all of that had to be understood, all that. And it was a major shift for them. And even back in the early, early church, the Holy Spirit was working to bring revelation, to bring understanding to the Scriptures, uh, to those that were teaching, to those that were reading and, and trying to understand that. And uh, that's been extended to all of us as believers. All of us as believers, as we allow, as we yield and the Spirit fill, fills, we can understand what God's Word is and means and means to you and means to me. And the Holy Spirit can do that and will do that in our lives. And so that's important. Um, and this isn't just my interpretive ability as a person, but it's the Holy Spirit will bring. And, and, and you may have sensed that as you've grown and as the Holy Spirit is filled and worked in your life, and things that you once read maybe when you were, you know, first beginning your journey with the Lord, and now you, oh yeah, this makes sense, or I understand this now, or even you go back and you pray the, some, uh, as you go and read some scripture, and then you go and read it, hey, I have a whole new, wow, something's coming out of this passage I didn't see before, I didn't get before. And that's the Holy Spirit working 
through you and bringing that, illuminating that truth from that. And uh, if we go to 1 Corinthians, uh, there's another reference there that speaks of this, 2, 9 to 14. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Fascinating, okay? So no one, but now that we have the Holy Spirit, ta-da, this is fantastic. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So that's fantastic. And we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that, he may, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Uh, and so this is an is incredible passage that talks about this idea that God is, and God is God. We, God is infinite, we're finite, wow, can't comprehend. And yet, as the Spirit fills us and works in us, we can start to comprehend some of those things of God, and the Spirit can bring that understanding to us. And so, um, that's the teaching uh, the Holy Spirit, it, the result is that we can be taught, we can understand uh, God's Word and what He has for us. And so that's the second, the second piece. Um, the third thing that uh, uh, we want to look at is guidance. The Holy Spirit provides guidance uh, for us. And we get that information, or we get that idea from a few references uh, in Romans. Uh, so let me get to Romans here. I have all these tabs so I can go quickly. Um, we'll begin at Romans 8, 14. Um, uh, I'll read 13, uh, just to give you some background. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit uh, you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so there's this idea that as we allow again, as we yield and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and fill us, there's this leading of the Holy Spirit, leading us. Now, what that looks like exactly and how that works is, well, maybe more difficult to explain or to understand. Um, and in many ways, this result and other results as well, as you'll see, are kind of tied together. Okay, so as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill and that sanctification process is happening, and as we are looking into God's Word and He's illuminating uh, and, and revealing His, His understanding or the understanding of the Word to us, maybe generally speaking or in our specific situation that we're in, in the same way the Spirit can lead us. And that may come through uh, a sense of, okay, this is what is right to do and what, what I should be doing, or this is the truth that applies in this case as I'm learning the teaching and so on. Uh, and it also can come... It also can come from some promptings, and, and uh, different people use different terms for this, nudgings, promptings, uh, things pop into our mind, or we have a sense in our spirit, you may have heard that term, of something that maybe we should do, or something that's just occurred to us, or that kind of thing. And again, I believe the spirit can work in that way, and, and does those things, uh, and um, that's another way that, that guidance can come. Now, in Romans... Uh, it's it's uh, just want to go there for a minute. Romans twelve, um, chapter twelve, verse two talks about: Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think that has a lot to do with this idea of yielding, who we're yielding to. So we're completely changing our mind and what it yields to. So we've renewed our mind. We're yielding to God. Um, and we do that, and then in verse 3 it says, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, perfect, pardon me, pleasing and perfect will. And again, as we yield and the Spirit fills, those nudgings or those, those things that speak, we, we need to test those things. And, and this is an important piece because lots of stuff can pop into our minds. And just because something pops into our minds doesn't necessarily mean it's God speaking <laughs> through the Holy Spirit. It, it May not be. It might be me speaking. <laughs> it might be myself. And uh, so we need to test those things. And it's fascinating when I have talked to some people, excuse me, and they may say something, well, 
this is what I believe God wants me to do, yet it doesn't jive with Scripture, right? It doesn't, it, it doesn't fit with that, and that's, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Uh, the Holy Spirit will never tell you or lead you to do something that does not fit, that is not congruent with, with Scripture, um, is not congruent, does not fit with what the Lord Jesus Christ taught or did. Um, and that's, that's, very, that's very important. And so, because I am not necessarily in a state of righteousness, I need to recognize that sometimes things that pop into my mind that I'd like to believe are from the Holy Spirit, perhaps they are not. And so, I need to make sure that they are. <laughs> that's important. Uh, because there's still that self, there's still that part of me as I'm on the process of sanctification that could be coming in there to, to try and deviate from that. So that's an important piece there. But the Spirit will guide us and uh, as we yield and allow that filling to, to occur. Um, the next one we want to look at is assurance. And we'll go to Romans 8 uh, for that, uh, 15. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. I used this verse last week to talk about that positional uh, holiness piece. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And, And this is... I mean, all these are incredible results. I mean, it's great to have the Word of God illuminated to us, and it's great to be able to live a life of love, joy, peace, patience, that first part that we talked about in sanctification. And it's amazing to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We're not just left alone to go, okay, figure it out for yourself. And even here, as we get to this fourth point of assurance, this is such a blessing, such a blessing as we come to to understand and have a confer a confirmation in our spirit of what we believe to be true of the gospel. And again, as we are yielded and as the spirit's filling, that assurance will become more more defined in us. And there are lots of people, and I, I I've been there in my times where it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I I know I said the stuff and I did the stuff and I reading God's Word, but am I, am I really saved? Am I really going to heaven? Am I really, you know, all these things. And again, if I go back and I look at those times in my life when those things were going on in my journey, I can definitely find in there some areas where there was some unyieldedness and I allowed sin or I was saying no the quenching and the grieving were occurring and the Holy Spirit was just stepping back Still indwelling, but stepping back to the point where I was starting to doubt, maybe. I was unsure. And, and, and because of that, that, that's a struggling time. And, and maybe some or all of us have, have experienced that. And again, as we yield and the Spirit fills, this, the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit will testify with our spirit that what we know here and have read here is true. It's true. And we know it. And there's that assurance there. And you, and you run into these people, you know, and it's just like, they're just so sure. I want to be so sure. And that so sure, again, comes through this process as the Spirit is filling. Worship. Ephesians 5 uh, is where we're going to go for that. And... Let's talk about, uh, let's read that. Do not get uh, drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. We used this scripture last week as well in terms of filling. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, I used to read this, and maybe you do too, especially as a guy. And like, okay, if maybe you're not, and that's fine. Everybody's different. But musicals, uh, you know, where everybody talks to each other by singing, Whoa, can you imagine actually doing that? Can you please pass the milk? Thank you very much. You know, like, that's just not what I want to do at all. (laughs) 
And this idea that we would, you know, kind of be in this state of singing and poems and all this kind of just always seemed a little odd. But there's this concept that comes from that, that, that there's this, this joy, this understanding, this adoration that, that wells up within us. And um, whether that results in, you know, hymns or singing or whatever you want to call that, but there's that idea that, that occurs that it's trying to talk about, that there's just this, this joy, this, this expression, this emotional expression that we want to, to have. And, and a lot of times... Emotion comes through in poems and songs and singing and these kinds of things. Um, but in verse, uh, the second part of that verse um, says, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this idea of worship is that we adore God. Um, and we worship God more appropriately when we know and understand and have fellowship with Him. That understanding, that knowledge, and that fellowship with Him is greater and comes with the filling of the Holy Spirit who teaches us and allows us to understand the deep things of God if we go back to teaching and those things. So you can see how these things start to, to fit together. And, excuse me, and that filling allows for that to happen. And out of that is an outflow of worship, is a, an outflow of adoration and praise and thanksgiving, recognizing who God is, who I am, and that as I yield, all the things that God is doing through me, I, I'm just in awe. It's just <laughs> praise the Lord. In me and the things that I enjoy in terms of you know when our character changes and all those things, uh, as well as how we're able to bless and, and, and impact others. As those things happen, we, we worship. And true worship is really only possible via the Holy Spirit. Via the Holy Spirit. It, it, it's the Spirit working through us. And um, that's important. This particular reference as well is not, it's not a Sunday reference. And so this isn't, this isn't the verse we go to, so okay, this is how we do Sunday worship because it's, this, this is talking about everyday life that we are, we are in a constant state of worship and adoration. And really, all Sunday is, all Sunday, not that all Sunday is, but all Sunday is, is those of us who worship God each and every day, each and every day, we're just coming and now doing that in a corporate form. That, that's, that's what that is. And it's not that the rest of the week is not worship and then Sunday's my day of worship. Sunday's just the just the coming together of a whole bunch of people that have been worshiping all week. <laughs> and now we're coming together. And yes, it's directed. And yes, there's some, you know, some format to that. But we come already in a state of worship, already having every, each and every day worshiping God as the Spirit is doing that. And we're coming together and we're just doing that as a, as a group. And there's something wonderful about that. That's not what this passage is specifically about and really reflects and talks about the fact that we're in a state of worship each and every day. And again, the Holy Spirit will work that through us. And it's important too, just as a note, that true worship is not determined by one's outward actions, what I do with my hands or my eyes or, or one's volume of voice or position, whether I stand or sit. None of those things matter. What matters is the heart. And what matters is that the Holy Spirit is working and filling in and through us. And that's what brings about true worship. Not that I can put on a show or I can do what everybody else is doing and fake it. That's, that's not worship. That's just acting. Um, and worship comes again as the filling. And you can imagine, if we're saying no to God all week, and we're, you know, just living and building up sin, and then we show up on Sunday, and somehow that's all supposed to just go away? That's not how it works. It, it just isn't. Sunday doesn't magically do this. Uh, that's not how the Spirit works. It's in each and every day. It's a yielding that's continued, that's committed. And 
we have to be about this each and every day, not just one day in our in our week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's worship, and um, we'll move on to prayer next. Uh, Ephesians uh, six for this reference. Six eighteen. Uh, let me go to seventeen. Uh, most of you will be familiar. This is the end of the passage on the armor of God. Verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Uh, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we read a little something about prayer. Uh, first of all, a believer's prayer life as is attached to this, you know, the armor of God, right? So when we talk about the armor of God, we're putting on all these pieces of armor, and one of those one of those pieces or one of those things is prayer. And so you don't go about your day, you don't go about your life as a believer with parts of your armor just missing. It's all the pieces, and prayer is a big part of that. So prayer, and in a believer's life, uh, is very important, and um, uh, is very much a part of their spiritual life. Our ability to pray is very connected as well to those first five results. So as we're growing in, in righteousness, sanctification, and as we're understanding through teaching, and as the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us, and as we have that assurance, uh, and as we have uh, been able to now worship, now we come to, to pray. We come to that communing with God in terms of words and praying and so on, and we take all of those things that that are working and those results that are working through us. And, and this just becomes another part of that. And again, they all kind of mesh together. And here we see in this passage that it's ongoing. It's in any situation, for any reason, about anything. We can be in prayer. We can be in communication in, in, in that. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to us even our own needs that maybe we don't know. Or reveal to us those things that we need to deal with. Perhaps those things of sin or where we're saying no. And the Holy Spirit can also reveal the needs of others. And I don't know if you've ever had that where you've been praying and all of a sudden, doom, you know, somebody pops into your, into your mind and you, you know what? I should pray for them. And you don't know why that happened or why that particular name came up. But the Holy Spirit brings that or can do that and we pray for that person. Even though we don't know what the situation is or what the circumstances are. Um, and that, that's important to recognize that. The Holy Spirit can work that way as the Holy Spirit's filling and working through us and, and allow us to do that. In Romans 8, we'll go there. Um, there's a cool verse, 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is this idea where we just don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. Maybe we're in a, a really difficult circumstance or frustrating time. Uh, devastating time, tragic time perhaps. We don't know our way up. We don't know our way down. We just don't know. And we're weak. And we don't know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And I don't know if you've been there. Probably you have. Maybe you're there now. Uh, where there's those times in your life where it's just, you don't even know how to pray. You don't even, you don't even have the energy. You don't know what to say. And things are just so, at least from our perspective, so destitute, so, so difficult, can't handle it anymore. And yet, this is amazing because as we just, just even bow our head and say nothing, but maybe sigh or just, I don't know, Lord. The Holy Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit within us, can, who understands and knows, can take and commune with God on our behalf. <laughs> When we don't have any power, any understanding, or any sense to know how or what to pray. And that is unbelievable. That is so cool uh, that, that the Holy Spirit will do that. Because there are times in our life where we are just destitute. We don't even want to pray, in all fairness, at some times. And yet, that Holy Spirit within us can do that. And is communicating our behalf before the Lord and in accordance with His will. And that's the beauty part, too, is that the Holy Spirit knows the will of God and knows, knows how to pray, knows how to intercede on our behalf and, and can do that. And uh, so 
that is a, a very exciting result, uh, that aspect as well. Number seven is service. We got a, this is our last one. John 7, our reference. John 7. Uh, this is a, a, a Jesus is speaking, and uh, he's using an illustration here, uh, using water as an illustration. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And verse 39 says, by this he meant the Spirit, uh, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Uh, This is a pitcher of water, a pitcher, not a pitcher, a pitcher of water flowing out of a believer, uh, and this idea that it's very much by the Spirit, and it's this idea that water, which is life-giving and and, and uh, refreshing and, and benefits others. It's this idea of service that, that flows from us to serve others, to, to edify the saints, to uh, serve uh, the world, to serve our neighbors, to whatever, anything to do uh, with service. And again, this is by the Spirit. Uh, in 1 Peter 4, uh, we also read that part of this service is supported as each one of us has some gifts. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. And we're not going to get into that today uh, in terms of all the different gifts and how that works, but I'm sure there'll be some time maybe to do that. Paul might be able to want to jump in on that one another time. It's uh, uh, a little more than we have time for today. But each one of you who know the Lord Jesus, who are believers, you have a gift that you've received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And so there, is, there are things that we've all been given by the Holy Spirit to be able to do and serve. And uh, that's very exciting. We're each given spiritual gifts. So those are our, our seven results. And as the Spirit works and fills us because we're yielded, those should be the results of our life. A couple of final thoughts. Uh, one, when we understand this, it's important to recognize that as we understand this, things that happen through us, by us, that are wonderful and amazing and so on, they're not of us, they're of the Holy Spirit. And so there's this idea that we need to really be humble about this whole thing. And again, if we're not humble, then we're not yielded, so it will work against us if we don't get that sorted out. <laughs> but we continue to humble ourselves and yield to God, the Holy Spirit works through us, and we continue to give God the glory for the things he has done, and it is not of ourselves, okay? It's because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working through us that we can do any of this stuff or have any of these results present in our life, and that's very important. So as we go along and things are good, we need to be careful that when things aren't good in our brother or sister's life, that somehow we don't make a big fuss about that or that somehow we're better than them because we're not, (laughs) We might be more yielded to them, but that doesn't make us better. That's the Holy Spirit that's working through us. And our goal is, my goal, is to bring people to this, this understanding and to yield. Right? I can't make you do good things and all that kind of stuff. It's, it, we've got to get people to yield, and when they yield, this happens. There's an order there that's important. Um, again, a reminder that quenching and grieving... You know, if we're just going to continue in sin and choose sin and not choose to yield to God and yield to our, our self or the world or Satan, we're going to do that or we're going to say no, you know, no, no. Yeah, I know that's what it says in Scripture, but no. Um, then, then that's going to affect the results. And that's, that's just how it works. So if these results... And this has been part of what has brought me to my knees and my thinking as I've been doing this, is if these results are not evident in your life, then there's some things for you to be thinking about. And for those of us who are, who are believers, perhaps, and I had my sign up here, perhaps we need to confess, here's my confession sign, confess and think about and spend some time yielding what that means. And for those of you here who, whoa, what was that? I don't, I'm not a believer. I don't know why I'm even here. But you have heard what 
has been said today, and you recognize that, you know what, these things that you're talking about, these results, wow, uh, those would be pretty interesting to be a part of my life and my journey. You maybe are at a point where you need to initially, that first time yielding, and um, perhaps that's, that's where you're at. And uh, that's, that's what it's about. And so this morning, if you're there or you uh, want to do that, you can come on up after the service and myself, maybe some other elders or Paul will be up here and you can come and do your yielding. Or if you want, you can talk to someone. There'll be some prayer people praying over here as well who will pray for you on your behalf uh, for various things. So let's, let's not ignore this. Let's not just, oh, everything's fine. If it's not fine, let's, let's think about and deal with some of these things and, and start to think about those areas of my life where I'm not yielded. And um, we'd sure love to be a part of that experience with you. Let's pray. Father, we, we recognize um, that so, so much of this is dependent upon, first, the work that you have done for us. It's all about that. And the work of Jesus Christ who, who paid all the price and did all that work on the cross so that we could be considered by you. And Father, our role is to yield, it's to decide. And we have the big decision, we might call it. Uh, but Father, really, we know as believers, it's an every single day decision to yield all and every area of our life to you and what you want. And Father, we recognize that as we do that, um, your Holy Spirit who is indwelling us, will grow and well and fill us. And Father, there will be incredible results. Father, we also recognize that where we allow sin, where we say no and unyield those areas of our life to you, that the Holy Spirit will wait. And Father, we just, we just pray that each one of us would just think about where we're at in that and make those decisions that we need to and continue that process in our life of being completely yielded to you. And so we commit all this to you. We just are so amazed at what you want to do in us, for us, and through us. And we just pray uh, that even this morning you'd help us to get that sorted out in each and every one of our lives. We commit that to you in Jesus' name. Amen.